good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins, the same place you found this. And I hope you'll take the time to check those out as well. Braves 14, Pirates 2. The number of blowouts, the number of hideous, horrible outcomes for this team just boggles the mind. But you know what? Maybe it shouldn't. When you hear Shelton speak about these types of games after this one yesterday. Yeah, I don't I mean, I don't think any one of those weighs any more than than any other loss, you know. I mean, like to Mike's point, when when games get out of hand like that, you 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 flush them. You know, close games are challenging, but yeah, I don't look at it like that. Don't get me wrong here. The best thing that a baseball manager can instill in his team is the ability to flush away the game from the previous day. That goes for victories too. Yeah, you want to sustain some kind of momentum, but you don't want anybody getting too full of themselves and you want them very much focused on the game that you've got to play right away. There is no sport like it from the time management standpoint. You've got to wake up the next morning ready to play another game that night. Nothing compares. But Shelton's notion that games are just games or losses are just losses, whether they're two to one or eighteen to four or twenty to nothing or whatever it is. Uh, how many times have I made the same point this summer about the critical importance of this team getting to the stage where the games in front of them matter, where there's some semblance of embarrassment when something like this happens. This game in particular was grotesque, and it was grotesque on way more fronts than just the score. It was principally grotesque in that Josh Van Meter, a waiver pickup nobody, 27-year-old who's batting 180, was put out to play first base again for some insane reason, committed two errors that cost Mitch Keller five unearned runs. My friends, I just mentioned two names in that sentence. Only one of them matters, and it ain't Van Meter. Keller might be the single most uplifting story of this season for the Pirates. He's busting his rear end to make a career for himself in the bigs, and he's doing pretty well. And this was the start that's coming off him skipping a start because, remember the shoulder fatigue thing? Yeah. And you give him that clown at first base. You give him that clown at first base. Because what? This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest.
It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. People have to be fired. I'm not saying that for uh, dramatic purposes or hype or, ooh, did you hear what he said on the podcast today or whatever. I'm not into that. I'm not into people losing their livelihoods in any walk of life. And I don't state it casually. But my job is to cover this team and to analyze this team's performance. And the single most dominant trait of this team right now also happens to be, most unfortunately, the single most dominant trait of the entire organization. And that is regression. Everybody's gotten worse. At the very best, they've stayed the same, with a couple of exceptions, Keller being one of them. JT Brubaker, to me, is another. The list is really, really short. Everyone and everything has gone backward. Even if you go down through the system, the only prospect, really, that you could say that's taken a leap forward out of the top 10, 12 guys is Andy Rodriguez. I guess you could make an argument for Michael Burroughs in the sense that Burroughs wasn't really known much before this year, at least not to the broader baseball community. But the way I'd heard people talking about Burroughs back in Bradenton this year, you'd have thought he would have had some kind of big breakout here. He's been good. He's shown his promise. He's shown his potential. But out of all those guys, out of all those kids down there, the only one that you can say that's made a jump up is Andy Rodriguez. The number, the ratio is no different in Pittsburgh. Players aren't getting better. This is a very real problem. This is not, you know, the the ballpark running out of hot dog buns or something like that that people get all stoked up over on talk radio. This isn't that. That's stupid stuff that people get affixed to. For that matter, it's also not a payroll issue, which should be even more concerning to you, because it means that even if the Pirates were to spend a $100 gazillion on payroll, it wouldn't matter because they'd get players in who don't get better. That is a very, very, very real problem, and people need to be accountable for it. And the only real accountability that you can have in a business like professional sports, is losing your job to someone who can do that job better. So for Charrington to speak up publicly, as welcome as it was for him to spend that half hour with reporters last week at PNC Park and make clear his stance on a lot of different subjects, he had, frankly, no business assessing these guys six weeks out. Have you looked at the Pirates' remaining schedule. Have you looked at who all they're facing, beginning with the Phillies this weekend out there? They're going to lose a lot more than 100 games. And there isn't going to be anywhere to hide from it. Not behind Steelers' season.
blocking a roster spot from somebody with a future, he still gets playing time to prove that he should have been released even before he took his first at bat. You know, the funny thing, Larry, about the Van Meter subject is that it's the lowest possible hanging fruit. And normally, if you've listened to or read my work over the years, you know that I'm not very much into that. Every team in every sport has a worst player. And that worst player is always the easiest target, usually to no avail. But this one's different because this one is emblematic of something that Ben Charrington's done all summer long, and that's to claim horrifically bad players off the waiver wire. Known horrifically bad players with known horrifically terrible stats. And then to shove them out there again and again and again. And if you think for one split second this is Derek Shelton doing this, you don't understand how the process works. When you acquire a player, when your GM acquires a player, and you're the field manager, you play him. You play him because you understand that he was acquired so that the front office could see whatever it is that they need to see. Well, in Van Meter's case, even if you throw aside all of the other, yeah, I'm not even going to mention their names again because they're finally gone. Even if you throw them all out and you just look at Van Meter and you look at him getting 170 at bats this year and playing just abysmal defense at whatever position you put him at, and you look at his being 27 years old, and you look at his not ever having shown any kind of potential anywhere, and then you add into that that he has, over the course of the 2022 season, taken away big league at bats from players who are younger and who have some potential. Now, you can get into... You know, details and arguably even semantics as to whether or not he's blocking somebody because he's not playing the positions of Travis Swaggerty or Cal Mitchell. Those are outfielders. And the Pirates have not had some abundance of first basemen. But I'm going to throw out one example for you here. And don't dismiss this based purely on AAA stats. Mason Martin has been in Indianapolis. He has struck out a ton. He had a neat start, lots of home runs the way he's always hit them. And then he fell off a cliff. But he did show that power at different points in the minors. Extraordinary power. And the Pirates are going to expose him in the Rule 5 draft this winter. They did it last winter. They'll do it again this winter. Certainly, because it'll be an easier call. But wouldn't you rather see him? You know what I mean? Like, for a month or so, than this guy? What would be the harm in it? And don't give me 40-man roster, because any 40-man roster that has Van Meter on it is a 40-man roster that has vacancies. Lots of them. I I don't like piling on to Van Meter, not just for the reason I cited earlier, but also because it's it's not his fault. It's not his fault he's a bad Major League player. It's not his fault he's being put into Major League games, never mind being given Major League starts. That's the fault of the general manager. and, and when you add all of this up and then ask yourself, what in the hell are they doing? 
What are they doing as an organization? What is the direction here? That's the part that I think, based on the feedback that I get from the public, that's the most frustrating for the fans. It's not that Van Meter stinks. It's that Van Meter keeps getting put back out there even though he stinks and he's older. And even if he were to hit 350, would have no part of this franchise's future. It's a great big confidence suck. It's a drain on the people who follow this team to watch that again and again and again. It's insulting. One more time, maybe for the millionth time, this is not St. Petersburg, Florida. This is Pittsburgh. This team's been here for 136 years. These people know what they're watching. They care, even when they say they don't, about what they're watching. They deserve a hell of a lot better than this. We're going to do this again tomorrow.